game on! Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. It's opening night, and we have a lot to talk about. But first, tonight's starting lineup. In goal, I am number 35, the American Rhino, Gary McComiskey, and my illustrious co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. All right, James, are you as excited about this podcast as I am? Yes, I am, sir, and I uh, love the music and the special effects that you added on to it, so great way to get off to a good start. Fantastic. So why don't you tell us what's on deck, James? Will do. So here's what's on deck for this edition of Hit the Deck. Leading off, we have True Love. Valentine's Day is coming up, so besides the obvious love between couples, we'll talk about our love of hockey instead. From there, we'll take a step into the training room, and with WWE superstar Daniel Bryan's retirement being in the news this week, we think that concussions are a hot topic. From there, we'll take a peek into the gear bag, where Mr. Rhino Mac himself will tell us about his review of folding nets that he tested out. And around the dial, our podcast was mentioned during Super Bowl 50, and it didn't even cost us a cent. Not bad considering a 30-second spot cost advertisers five million bucks. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. That uh, That's a lot of money. Yes, it is. Uh, we're quite a long way from that, but uh, nonetheless, we were able to finagle our way into uh, what was about 111 million viewers or something like that. Yeah, so, I don't know. You're the ratings guy. Yeah. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. So uh, true love, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Again, uh, just one of the things that popped in our heads is uh, one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is that we love hockey, playing hockey, talking hockey, and so on and so forth. So Valentine's Day kind of inspired that. And again, you know, I've, I've been a hockey fan for quite a long time. I love playing it. It's a ton of fun to play, blessed with the ability to run around and do so, which people may take for granted, too, something that uh, I try not to, but obviously not good enough to be in the NHL, but <laughs> kind of good enough to play deck hockey with you guys. Yeah, well, <laughs> I would say none of us are good enough to play in the NHL, so uh, you're, you're in good company. Yeah, there's a reason for that. But again, one of the beauties of deck hockey is we could still love the game, appreciate the game, and play it among our peers, which leads us into talking hockey, kind of the idea of the podcast, where we hope that people will enjoy listening and maybe even call in and give their opinions of uh, their love of hockey. Hopefully we'll get some guests on the podcast in, in future episodes, but for now, you got us. Deal with it. <laughs> and thanks for listening. Yes, thank you so very much for listening. Tell your friends. We appreciate you. We do. We, we value do. you. <laughs> Also, another thing about the love of hockey is uh, the love of learning to play, learning the rules, and of teaching hockey. Speaking of loving hockey, uh, the love of learning and teaching the game. And quick background for me, just I started picking up playing hockey when I was in high school uh, regularly. And the friends that I was with at the time were more than generous with their uh, knowledge and, and, and teaching the game and helping us out and building each other's confidence up and, and kind of encouraging us to play the game, which as a lot of people may know out there that at least in America, hockey is kind of considered maybe a fourth sport <laughs> behind the NFL and MLB and NASCAR even. Yeah, and NBA. soccer's breathing down its neck, quite frankly. That's true, too. 
So it's kind of like a uh, fraternal atmosphere, but the people that are hockey fans are passionate about it. They know it, they love it, and they are very generous in sharing their knowledge of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just curious. Yeah, oh, go ahead. No, no, carry on. It just I was going to pass it on to you. Uh, curious how you got into playing and becoming a hockey fan in general. Oh, well, um, <laughs> as far as getting into hockey, I would say that I got into it around 94 when the Rangers won the Cup, but that's not strictly speaking true because in 94 I was a Knicks fan and I was watching Patrick Ewing and John Starks lose to the Rockets in the finals. I didn't really start watching hockey until a year or two later, and, and I kind of came into that on my own. I'm not even sure how that happened. I guess I had been watching MSG for Knicks games, and it just kind of w was advertised or on. Or I, I really I have no recollection, but uh, like I said, I came to it on my own, and it was something that I enjoyed watching. None, nobody in my family was a hockey fan, so it's just something that I adopted as a sport uh I guess my second sport as my my basketball love waned my hockey love improved and then uh, I got together with my lovely uh, now wife her family were big hockey fans so I became a big hockey fan through them I kind of uh, rediscovered it through them and I've been a big Rangers fan ever since in terms of playing hockey it was again through my wife actually my wife's family we were just hanging out at a 4th of July barbecue one day and they had played hockey when they were younger not professional well not professionally but not in an organized fashion but just among themselves and they broke out the hockey sticks and a couple crates i think and i started playing with them and we decided we all loved it so much that we were going to do it regularly so we kind of formed our own informal get-together group the liq the long island queens street hockey league and um i invited james to uh, come out and play with us and we still are and now we have a hockey podcast for some reason yeah and i'm eternally grateful for that too because just a quick background for me like i said i started getting to getting into playing hockey in my high school years, so that's uh, 20 years ago. Again, uh, which you've touched on as well, like uh, one of the beauties of, of sports is that it's something you can share with your family. So like watching the NHL with your parents and or siblings, spouses, children, whatever the case is. So that's a pretty cool thing that your wife is a big hockey fan too. I'm sure that makes things a little bit easier for you if you want to watch the game. I don't think she's going to object to that, so that's cool. Oh yeah, it's great. Now my daughter, uh, we're, we're getting her into it too. She loves singing the Rangers goal song and uh, go hey 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 always joins in whenever they score it warms my heart i'm doing something right apps amen to that and we need more good parents like you guys too to uh, encourage children and the next generation to embrace the nhl and hockey in general and keep it alive and kicking at least in the states obviously in canada it's doing quite well and in europe as well so we need to kind of catch up with that but cool stuff so getting back to how i started playing again in high school and then towards the college years my friends kind of scattered and got into other things. And I wasn't playing for years and years, especially after college and through work. So thanks to Gary and his very good friends and family, he invited me back into play. And uh, it's it's been a terrific experience and I enjoy it very much. And sticking to deck hockey, it's kind of a little bit better in terms of getting more people to play because when you take the skating equation out of it, people aren't as intimidated and you can 
get good competitive games a lot quicker than if people were skating and learning that part of it, which is a lot more difficult, obviously. Right. So, so uh, you, sorry to interrupt, but you have a background in roller, right? That's kind of how you came into it. Whereas I have very little skating experience. So please tell me if you would, how it compares uh, transitioning from a roller hockey game to a deck hockey kind of environment. Yeah, right. At the time, my friends were playing roller hockey. So I joined it in as well. Yeah, again, just with, with the learning curve, one of the reasons why they encouraged me to become a defenseman, and I kind of stuck with the position ever since, was that you learn how to skate a little bit better. You have to learn how to skate backwards, so it's a lot more skating involved as opposed to just keep crashing the net and, and doing stuff like that with, with the offense. With the defensive side, you have to be more conscious of staying in your zone and seeing plays unfold in front of you, learning how to pass a little bit more, working on those aspects of it. So it's a bit of a better learning curve. You don't have the pressure of having to score all the time, which, again, people may get discouraged by that if you're not scoring maybe you're not having fun and you think oh geez i'm not doing this right let me just do something else instead so as a defenseman it's good to work on your skills uh, including skating and you kind of pick it up a bit quicker because you have to keep up with the snipers and the guys coming into the zone the centers and forwards so you kind of learn a little bit faster too and uh i'll never forget the first time when I i fell down numerous amount of times and god bless their patience too again talking about how generous hockey fans are and understanding they are that uh i I would fall down and not get up and people would run circles around me but when i fell down and got up quickly they actually applauded so it was like a a a little stepping stone where yeah exactly (laughs) so that that helped me with the confidence and and make me want to continue with it so fast forward to the deck hockey part it's easier to play deck hockey you don't have to worry about skating the balance issue isn't that big a deal the stick handling is much much easier especially if you use a a puck ball as opposed to just a puck Mm -hmm. on the concrete that's just no fun because it's always rolling around hard to control and the ball is easier to shoot and uh, pass and obviously running around is a heck of a lot easier than skating so you could be a lot more productive and have a lot more fun i think quicker like we said before, and get competitive games and have more people participate than if you're on skates. It's kind of like, all right, if you don't skate, you can't play. And one of the benefits of deck hockey is anybody could play age, gender, it doesn't matter. Yeah, there is that. um, I think with roller hockey and ice hockey, there is kind of that bar to entry that you need to know how to skate and be able to skate pretty well. But everybody knows how to walk and run. So I uh, granted holding the stick and learning how to stick handle and keep your balance and properly uh, position yourself is an acquired skill, but that's something that you would have to learn anyway in ice hockey or roller hockey. So running around in, in sneakers and deck hockey or street hockey is really uh, obviously it's, uh, easier to get into. Yeah, excellent point as a matter of fact. When the sport was taught to me, and I think a lot of people would agree with this too, is when you're not playing or not skating when you're home or in your backyard or something like that, learning how to stick handle and shoot and pass and things like that. I did on, on sneakers anyway. So once you get the muscle memory down that way, then you put the skates on and you could focus on skating and then combining the two skills. So that's a very good point. Like we said before, you have to learn how to crawl before you learn to walk. So if you're skating or not, you're going to be practicing your stick handling at least 
in America, we we're on the East Coast over here, so we don't have ice or, or uh, opportunity to, to play ice hockey like maybe people in Canada or colder uh, atmospheres can. So we're kind of forced to practice on concrete or whatever anyway. And once you get the muscle memory down for that, then when you're skating, you kind of put the two together and away you go. So yeah, definitely. You, you need to learn how to well, at least practice too, uh, stick handling and things like that when you're flat on the ground as opposed to on skates. Cool. So from there, the last topic on love, and this may sound weird, but love of gear. I mean, hockey equipment is very personal in terms of fit and individual performance, such as for a forward or a defenseman. There are different curves to the blades of the sticks, uh, stick lengths and heights and things and weights. And obviously for goalies, the different styles of goalie masks and things like that, too. So sure. Um, I've even heard stories of NHLers that sleep with their sticks. Uh, <laughs> that uh, is, I believe it have to be a certain kind of crazy to play in the NHL, but that that's that's a little weird. Yeah, that's something I can't relate to because one, I'm not nearly anywhere as good as any the worst NHL player ever. And um, as much as I've loved my sticks or gloves or helmets or whatever, it was strictly business. You know. <laughs> so. Although I have seen you with a new stick, and you're like a kid on Christmas. That's true. Yeah, uh, particularly growing up. I was a fan of the brand Titan Hockey, and they kind of went away for a long time because Reebok and Nike bought up all of the old Canadian uh, hockey brands. So one of the original sticks I have is 20 years old. The shaft is anyway, so that's what I still use to this day. So I, I love Titan. My first stick ever was a Titan. Wayne Gretzky used Titan. Theo Fleury, one of my favorite NHLers, used Titan as well. So now fast forward to last year and Reebok at least brought the name back. So, uh, yeah, I have, I'm, I'm able to, to use Titan hockey sticks again. So I'm very, very excited about that. That's great. You know, I love my equipment. Well, I love my <laughs> that my equipment is mostly cheap. Uh, I try <laughs> and find the most uh, cost-effective stuff that I can find in goal because goal equipment isn't generally cheap, but playing on the concrete and what have you, it's going to get torn up pretty quick. So I try and find stuff that's going to keep but not, you know, break my wallet. But uh, I, I have to say, I did make my own mask. Uh, I, I painted my own mask, I should say, because I decided that any goalie worth his salt has a custom mask. And I wanted to be a goalie worth his salt. And uh, I didn't want to pay somebody a whole lot of money to paint it for me. So I just kind of learned how to paint it myself. And uh, I think that'll be a topic for a future podcast. But that's something that's very special to me and that I would say I love. And the other piece of gear that I love and I absolutely as a goalie could not live without is going to be my cup because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that thing has bailed me out on many occasions and uh, I would not want to play hockey without that either. Yeah, excellent point. Uh, even though it's it's deck hockey and or quote unquote ball hockey where you're not using a puck. Uh huh. Yes. Being a defenseman, I could relate to that, too. It's, mm -hmm. it's probably probably the most important piece of equipment you can have. If you don't have elbow pads or knee pads or helmet, that's fine. But you got to have that cup. Ball hockey, you say? Yeah. Oh, I, sorry. 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 I walked right into that one. So I deserve that. So well done. All right. So let's yeah. uh, with that. Let's take a step into the training room. Okay. And speaking of. You would need to if like, you didn't have a. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're singing soprano. Mm -hmm. But if you want to take point on this too, 
Uh, as you mentioned, Daniel Bryan, the WWE superstar, announced his early retirement and uh, because of concussions. So that's kind of a topic in, in the NHL as well. Yeah, so. I think it's a, become a topic in a lot of sports, contact sports. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, it's kind of been something this past week, at least, that has kind of dominated at least the early part of the week the the whole sports spectrum because Daniel Bryan is such a popular wrestler and a lot of sports have kind of adopted his yes chant C certain teams have adopted his yes chant as something that they use I think the Islanders use it as part of their goal celebration they do um, so yeah it's it's something that has kind of gained recognition countrywide not just limited to wrestling and as you alluded to james concussions have really become a huge topic of conversation in the sports world football in particular but hockey and uh and other sports as well because concussions can really mess you up and it's cumulative it's uh it's unfortunate that great athletes have their careers cut short all the time because of this and the more we learn about it the scarier it seems but uh, the reason why I bring it up in a deck hockey podcast is because we as weekend warriors are at risk uh, of a lot of the same injuries as NHL players or, uh, you know, any kind of professional hockey player. But we don't have nearly the same kind of medical coverage or resources available to us uh, for treatment, even equipment. We're not playing with hard frozen rubber pucks like they are in the NHL, but some guys are really talented and they can really whip those slap shots and uh, if you get hit in the head with one of those as a goalie you know i'm fortunate enough to wear a mask but if you get hit just raw in the head that could potentially do some damage and uh here's the thing we play pickup games james and i and uh in these pickup games we don't generally wear helmets and a lot of leagues don't require helmets some leagues do uh, to their credit different leagues have different equipment requirements some require helmet full cage some require just the helmet some don't require a helmet the old craig mctavish but uh, what do you think about that james yeah uh great point especially you being a goalie gary you would know better than anybody else we, yeah we don't use helmets and, and like like you said uh, specifically for deck hockey leagues too obviously if you're talking about ice hockey or roller hockey it's it's a requirement to wear a, a helmet with a face mask but we don't and like you pointed out maybe that's not the smartest thing in the world to do because you may catch a stick to the head or face getting hit with a shot, an errant elbow, a slip and fall, whatever the case is. So we're not really doing the best to protect ourselves. But I guess we kind of fall in that little lull that we figure that it's a plastic ball. And uh, even if we take a shot to the nose or forehead or something, it's not going to do too much damage. But yeah, we're, we're kind of inviting unnecessary harm to ourselves. And like you said, we're just weekend warriors. So if some, someone gets a concussion, God forbid, or uh, even a black eye, or maybe even lose a tooth or something, it's really not worth it. So little investment in a helmet would probably be a good idea well here's let me uh just interject for a second that let me kind of throw out some of the pros and cons the pros obviously being that you're much better protected from these kind of accidents i think there's a lot more i'm not saying the cons outweigh the pros necessarily i guess that's the conversation i want to have but there's a lot more things that you can tick off i would think on the con side one it's not necessarily comfortable i have a helmet because I, I got it in case I needed to play as a skater in a league that required a helmet. So I have it. 
it's pretty tight. It's not that comfortable. I'm sure it offers good protection, but it's not something I would want to wear if I didn't have to. Another con I can think of is there's kind of a stigma involved with it, right? Way back even in the NHL, goalies didn't wear masks. And when goalies did start to wear masks, a lot of them resisted because it was considered unmanly. You know, you were a wuss if you wore a mask. And then all the goalies wore masks eventually, but the skaters didn't wear helmets. And then they started to wear helmets. And again, there was that stigma. It's unmanly. What are you, a sissy? You need to wear a helmet? You, you, you can't take a little shot to the head? So I think there's a lot to overcome there in, in terms of it might be smart health-wise, but I don't know if that's ever going to be something that's widely adopted. What do you think? Yeah, that, that's excellent points. And I agree basically 100% on everything you said. I do have a helmet myself with a cage uh, because like, we alluded to, um, I, I was, I started off in roller hockey. So that was a big requirement, especially if you're on skates and first starting to learn how to play, you're going to fall a lot. So God forbid you hit your head or whatever the case is, you need a helmet. And with the great designs and modern technology that the companies have come up with like CCM or Easton to name a couple in the NHL, there still is a problem of concussions. So they've even tried to change the rules. As you said, the evolution of goalies using masks and, and forwards and, and defensemen using uh, helmets as well, which to me, how a goalie never wore a mask is, is beyond comprehension. But with all the protection that they have, it, they're still getting hurt and they're still having concussions and problems with that. And being Ranger fans that we are, uh, your favorite or one of your favorite players anyway, Mike Richter had to retire early, speaking of retiring early, because his skull was actually fractured with the mask from being hit in the head with pucks. So yeah. it's 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 scary. Uh, yeah, to, to bring bring it back to the deck hockey point of view, uh, one of the other things about the benefit of deck hockey is something that you brought up once before as well, is that you have your sneakers, you don't even need to invest too much money in to play because you just need a stick and you could participate. So depending on your income or if you're just cheap, maybe people don't want to invest too much money in protective gear. I definitely agree in the machismo part of it. It's sure uh, a lot of guys are, are macho and don't want to admit if uh, they want to protect themselves, they'll look kind of silly or especially if you're the only one wearing a helmet, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb. But yeah, uh, hopefully we're a little bit more intelligent than that. You don't have to be a tough guy to protect your face and your teeth and whatnot or, and your eyes, too, for that matter. So depends on how affordable the helmets are. And yeah, comfort level is a thing and people maybe need to adjust having a mask over your face. And to me, I'm kind of used to it. And I think anybody who plays hockey, especially on the college level with the with the cage mask and obviously goalies, that's your only option. Yeah, I'm definitely you get used, used to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You get used to it really quick. You, you could see everything fine. It's 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 not a problem. Well, so. you know, I, I, I can't speak for a skater because I don't have a lot of experience skating. But I will say in terms of seeing everything fine as a goalie, that's not necessarily true. My peripheral vision uh, while I'm wearing that mask is really not great. And obviously the mask that I wear as a goalie has a lot more to it on the sides the helmet with a cage that a skater wears is just the cage in front or sometimes it's even just plexiglass whereas the goalie mask has hard plastic or if it's better uh, like a kevlar around the the sides of your face i'm 
gesturing the size of my face. Ja- James can see me, but nobody listening can. So I apologize to you. It's your mind's eye, but, people. Uh, yeah. Walk with me. Take a trip, a journey into your mind where you can you see can me it. holding my hands to the side of my face like an idiot. But yeah, so obviously the goalie mask has more protection on the sides so that it will impede the peripheral vision. But I can see the reason why some people would object to wearing a mask or a cage rather on their helmet even if they weren't worried about seeming like a sissy because i could see how it could in some cases impede your vision a little bit yeah for a forward helmet there's not that problem the the cage just it covers your whole face and the plastic part or meat of it really doesn't come into your peripheral vision too much because you have parts that go over your ears so the cage part is pretty good in design for a forward or a defenseman in that it doesn't need to be as sturdy, I guess, as a goalie mask would, because in general, you're not facing 100 mile an hour shots from frozen pucks. So you can see a little bit better peripherally. So uh, that's something good to know, too, being a defenseman, is that uh, if your goalie has any kind of disadvantage at all, it's up to you as a defenseman to make sure that you're backing him up and if you think that he's he can't see out of the left side of uh, of his mask, that you're protecting that side just in case or whatever the case is. So yeah, I'm just going to interject there. That's a good pro tip for anybody who's playing hockey, uh, whether you're a defenseman or a forward who's back checking. If your goalie makes a save and the puck kind of careens off to the side somewhere or behind the net, shout out to your goalie where it is because there's a decent chance that he's not going to be able to pick it up right away so or or she i don't want to discriminate but i would say the vast majority of goalies and hockey players generally are men so that's why i say he but i digress make sure your goalie knows where the puck is talk to the goalie and he or she will if they're any good talk to you as well when you need a little help with with the puck or with knowing if somebody's running up behind you to, to check you or what have you excellent point and thank you that's uh i wasn't able to convey that so that's very well said and uh, just a final thing on on the terms of face masks for forwards is that uh they're designed in a way so you can still skate with your head up and not look down because that's one of the first rules you learn in hockey is to not look down. You're supposed to stick handle and keep your head up at all times to make sure that uh, you could see where the play could go, who you're going to pass to. And obviously deck hockey, you don't have to worry about this, but in ice hockey and, and roller hockey, you have to worry about getting leveled. So someone's going to check you or whatever the case is. So they do design the face masks so that you can still see peripherally uh, without looking down. So that, that that's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, all in all, there's really no reason not to wear a helmet, no matter what level you're playing. So speaking of which, let's uh, take a peek into the gear bag. If you wouldn't mind, Gary, tell us about your uh, opinion on the new folding nets that you guys tried out. Yeah, so our little pickup group, the LIQ, the Long Island Queens Major Junior Street Hockey League, we recently acquired some new nets. I believe the company is DR, which uh, is a, I think it's a French-Canadian company, and they make equipment that's not what I would call high-end, but it's reasonably uh, sturdy, effective equipment at a lower price point. So we had been using Milec Nets steel goals that we would put together every week because we play in a local park and we can't just leave the nets there. We have to transport them to and from. So they were pipes that fit together and then the shelf and the back bar screwed in with Allen keys, um, 
bolts with the the hex bolts. So then we decided these things are starting to fall apart. We've had them for a couple years already. Let's get some new nets. Let's get some nets that fold. So it's a lot easier and quicker to set up. Unfortunately, the nets do fold, but they only fold flat. So you're still looking at a a four by six footprint. You just lose the extra foot and a half or whatever it is, two feet of depth that you have when the net is unfolded. So you're still looking at something that's four feet by six feet that you have to store. And uh, they're a little flimsy. I would say if you're looking for a net on a budget, if you're brand new to the sport and you want to play with a a net that's pretty cheap i'm gonna say yeah they will definitely serve your purpose but don't expect them to be super portable if you've got like a flatbed pickup or something that you can throw them in and and you've got the room at home in your garage or in your basement or whatever that you don't mind these uh four by six things then by all means go for it but if you are somebody who has a limited amount of space then don't expect that you're going to be able to throw them in a duffel bag because they do fold but they don't fold that well okay so with that said uh, do you save time with uh, setting them up well i can't say definitively yet because we've only used them once and we set them up for the first time and that's always uh, a little bit of a slower process than when you know what you're doing i would say there is potential for time saving because the pipes kind of clip together with these little spring clips whereas the other ones, the the other nets that we had, the pipes themselves slid together, but you had to screw them in, in the corners, and it was a, a little bit complicated. But um, time will tell. I think there's the potential for time saving, but I can't say for sure. And um, the net itself Velcros on, whereas with the old nets that we use, the Milek nets all the pipes had to go in sleeves in the nets, which took a little doing to make sure that everything was properly fit and that you could secure all of the pipes together without ripping the sleeve. And then just my final question on it, uh, especially you being a goalie, did you feel that the dimensions were exactly the same as the stationary net, that it was still four by six? There was no curves or anything? It's definitely four by six. It's a regulation size net. It might be a little the I think the posts are a little thinner on this one. The um, they're they're not as wide, uh, which I guess is what thinner means. So uh, I apologize for the redundancy, but yeah, the posts are a little thinner, a little flimsier. I would say it's probably a little easier to knock the post off of its. There aren't any moorings because right. it's just sitting on the concrete. But the theoretical moorings knock the net out of position and have to reposition it because it's not as sturdy as what I'm used to using. But at the end of the day, it's a hockey net. It's a steel hockey net. Well, actually, maybe it's aluminum. I'm not sure. But uh, it, it is a metal hockey net. Well, goal. It is a metal hockey goal. The net itself is fabric. You don't have to be. I think people or... can follow you. Don't, don't, that don't, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we understand what you're saying. It, it has some substance to it, so uh, <laughs> it serves the purpose. So all in all, you'll give it uh, a thumbs up. Like like you said, you, you kind of very correctly spelled out all the pluses and minuses. I'll give it a three out of five. Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So that's it with the gear bag. So winding down, going around the dial, like we said, Super Bowl 50 of all things, Mr. Jim Nance so nicely mentioned our show with around 7-10 left in the third quarter. Yes, I don't remember the exact play. 
I think it involved Cam Newton getting sacked, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't be more specific. I, we, it was in the third quarter, we know that. But yeah, he was spending a lot of time running around and eating turf. Uh, uh, yeah, he was he was down anyway for whatever reason. He wound up on the ground, and uh, Jim Nance said that he... Hit the deck. And it was uh, it was a plug for our podcast. So, um, you know, that <laughs> that definitely works for us. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Oh, oh my. Okay. Uh, I guess we got to wrap things up then. Has it been that long already? All right. I guess so. Well, then we're going to wrap up the first Hit the Deck podcast. Thank you, the listener, for checking us out. Uh, if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to discuss, please, by all means, email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com. That's d-e-k deck like uh deck hockey on facebook and instagram we are at hit the deck and on twitter we are at hit the deck pod we would like to thank anthony sajazi for the music and pops and the liq for helping out with our sound and uh if you would like you the listener if you'd like you can subscribe to this very podcast on itunes james do you have any parting thoughts that's it. I think you touched all the bases to use a cliche from another sport. So thanks for all your hard work, and I hope everybody enjoyed it as much as I did. Fantastic. And finally, one last friendly reminder. It's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>